0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 290 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, March 9th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean, find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Make sure you're checking all the shows in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. All 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams covered for you uh, with great local perspectives from all the hosts. You can find Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke as well, all in the network. So make sure you're checking out those shows and finding a host that you like and dig. And if you find one, find their show on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. You can do that with us, find Locked On Raptors, ratings, reviews. They, they take no time at all. It's a great way to support the show. Stroke my ego, all that good stuff. Uh, so thanks in advance for doing that. Uh, all right, on today's show, I am joined by a very special guest. It's Ethan Rothstein. He's the managing editor of the Dream Shake, uh, SB Nation's Rockets site. And we're going to talk about the Houston Rockets, who are in town. To take on the Raptors tonight, I'm heading to the game a little bit. This should be a really fun one uh, between two very good teams leading the East and Western Conference respectively, both on win streaks. Uh, the Rockets' 17-game win streak is far more impressive than the Raptors' 6-gamer, but uh, let's dive into this thing. Ethan, how's it going, man?
0: It's going good. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, happy to have you on. The Rockets are really freaking good, 51-13. Uh, and 13. Of course, that 17-game win streak right now. Um, for people maybe who haven't watched much of the Rockets, and I'm sure people have caught them on many a national TV game this season, but for Raptors fans who haven't quite seen, you know, the full season for the Rockets, how would you best sum up sort of their identity with James Harden and Chris Paul? Because obviously, their the talent is kind of like the overarching thing there. But like, how have the how has this team played? How has this team gotten to such you know heights with their success this year?
0: Uh, I would say that. The dominant theme has basically been ruthless efficiency yeah. um they have engineered their roster with a very specific vision in mind which is to match up with and beat the golden state warriors uh chris paul it was obviously the major addition and he is one of the most efficient players in nba history uh james harden very much the same way uh they've Although Harden is more math-oriented and Paul is more control-oriented, they've managed to mesh their games together. Um, and not only on offense, where their pace is actually much slower, they're playing the slowest pace in the league over these last 17 games. Um, but on defense, uh, with guys like P.J. Tucker, Luke Mute, uh, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, um, all of whom can play, well I'm really Capella, who's our rim protector, all of whom can play multiple positions. Uh, they can switch everything. Um, and their defensive scheme is patterned much like the Warriors, which is viewed as kind of the hallmark of def- defensive efficiency. So um, in both ways, on both sides of the ball, they've really um, you know, made it a point to do the math and come up with the most efficient way to play. Um, and they've executed that vision to a T,
1: to the tune of the best record in the league and a 17-game winning streak yeah, they're taking the efficiency thing to like a whole new level. You mentioned they're playing at the slowest pace. Uh, and their defense actually, the I can't remember the color guy's name for the Milwaukee Bucks. I was watching the Bucks Rockets game this morning. and he mentioned dropped the stat that the Rockets have the fewest defensive miles run this season on defense, which, Probably owes a lot to that switching that you talked about, where it seems like they're just content to switch everything. It doesn't really matter. They're comfortable with James Harden guarding fours uh, and, and sort of guarding in the post because he's actually pretty good at that. They're comfortable, you know, Chris Paul guarding guys who are bigger. Like, it doesn't really seem to matter to them. So when it comes to the Raptors, I mean, DeMar DeRozan is the guy, sort of the topic du jour, du jour right now, especially around the NBA, considering what happened in that game against Detroit on Wednesday. Um, and usually with the Raptors, they yeah. usually have, you know, a guy on the other side who's lining up with the Rosen and kind of shadowing him possession yeah. for possession. Is that something we'll see tonight from the Rockets, or are they just kind of content to just like, all right, this guy's guarding him this possession, and then, and then it's Ariza, this one, Tucker the next one, Harden the other the next one? Like, does it really matter to them? Or, or will we see someone sort of shadow DeMar for most of the game tonight?
0: I, I think you'll see Ariza on him to start, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, the Raptors run plenty of pick and roll, uh, and the Rockets will just switch those every time. So right. while Ariza will start on DeRozan most possessions, likely he will not finish on him. Uh, they run with, uh, I think, P.J. Tucker is their starting four guy right now. He's very comfortable switching on to, switching on to perimeter players, especially uh, DeMar, who relies more on kind of uh, footwork and craftiness rather than speed and explosion um, which would give Tucker a little more, a, li- a little more trouble. But I think both of them match up well. But Ariza is really their their front line perimeter stopper. They like Tucker to be switched more on guys on the inside because he's he's so uh, burly and has such a low center of gravity. Um, but you know, as the game progresses, I'm sure. Ariza will be out when DeRozan is in, and then you'd see Tucker. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see if you're a fair pair Eric Gordon on mm-hmm. um, DeRozan. Gordon's been great defensively, uh, and he'll always be the two guy out there uh, next to Harden or Chris Paul. Um, so that would be that would be a matchup that also makes sense.
1: Yeah, PJ Tucker actually. Last year, when the Raptors traded for him, Demar said that PJ Tucker gave him more trouble than anybody uh, before he was actually on his team. So that, I'm interested to see if they'll throw him on it at, at all. Um, and yeah, and those switches that you mentioned, that'll be kind of interesting too, although the Raptors, like, their pick and rolls are weird, uh, they'll run some, like, 1-2 stuff, although less so this season, they, they, you know, they haven't run quite as much pick and roll as they used to, it used to be every single possession was pick and roll, uh, now it's a bit more free-flowing free, flo- free, uh, free flowing with some off-ball screening and stuff like that, but um, yeah, the, the, Ra- the Rockets' defense is fun to watch, because they're so disciplined and, and sort of rigid in, in what they do, and, you know, they're the number 10 defense in the league right now, obviously it's working for them, um, just aside note on pj tucker how dope is that dude to root for
0: he's he's a lot of fun uh the the rockets have had a guy who's like the dopest to root for for a long time in patrick beverly yeah Uh, and we traded him away for chris Paul, and now it's super sad you know he's towards acl uh but tucker is kind of like a beverly light he's not quite as insane as patrick beverly (laughs) Um, beverly is fully out of his mind in the best possible way but he's got the he brings the same grit energy um and uh he must have closed out at least five or six games for the Rockets this year just on the glass alone Mm -hmm. Uh, especially they love to go small with him or Mbamute at the five and when they do in the closing minutes he just he grows six inches it seems and secures like the most clutch rebounds the most clutch loose ball so he's he's a really fun guy to have around and he's as you know the Raptors experienced last year he's really the perfect role player for a team that fancies itself a contender because he does not need the ball at all and he's really content to do the dirty work which the Rockets need.
1: Yeah, his rebounding was kind of the reason the Raptors' defense was able to work last season because... They threw uh, Tucker out there with Serge Ibaka, and, you know, Ibaka's not a great rebounder for his position by any means, and let, let alone when he's playing center, uh, but, uh, like, Tucker, like you said, there were plenty of games where Tucker would just, like, I think his first game against the Celtics out of the All-Star break, he had, like, 11 rebounds, and <laughs> was kind of the reason that you could go small and, you know, maintain a front line that could have, like, a 97 defensive rating as opposed to having to have, like, a Jonas Valanciunas up there or something like that, so, uh, yeah, no strangers to P.J. Tucker and his value. I'm sure he'll get a nice ovation tonight when they announce him um, because oh, so. rappers fans certainly missed that dude um, so let's go back to James Harden like people are trying to conjure up the MVP debate because people just have to debate the MVP I don't really see that it's a debate I, I mean I'm, I love Anthony Davis and stuff and he's been incredible and the Pelicans are a super fun story but Harden's been ridiculous all season long um, and I think maybe one of the secret things about him is that his defense is like no longer a joke and it's actually like is he just like kind of a good defender now
0: Yeah, it's interesting that he... I mean, first of all, he's spending less energy on offense than he was because of Chris Paul and because they're playing at such a slower pace. So that just inherently makes him a stronger defender because he used to really just not care that much about defense, Uh, but this year they have schemed in a way that puts him in the best positions, he's never guarding really the opposing two guy who is traditionally um, someone who's running around getting a lot of off-ball screens, that is really hard, his biggest weakness, so he loves switching into the post as you mentioned, and he's really good at doing that, Um, the Rockets did that in the playoffs to great effect last year until I think it kind of helped wear Harden down because switching the post against most players is one thing. Switching the post against Lamarcus Aldridge is something completely different. Um, but he, he's very comfortable um, guarding bigs throughout the stretch of the game. And he's got a low center of gravity, and he's really hard to back down. He's got great hands. He's top 10 in the NBA steals, basically two a game. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's raised his level. And I think having Chris Paul next to him has also helped have a vocal leader on the floor, who knows the scheme, who knows what the opponents are, ru- are running. So Harden doesn't really have to think too much. He can just kind of listen and read and react.
1: Fair enough, yeah. The the Rockets based be- like on Harden and Paul, they've been just so... And you mentioned the efficiency. Like, it's just they, they've they been unstoppable this season. And, I mean, you play, like, the number one defense in the league in Boston over the weekend and score 124 points per 100 possessions on them. Um, obviously, it hasn't happened much. And the Celtics, I guess, were one of these teams early in the season that kind of helped slow them down a bit. But has there been sort of a common denominator for, for teams that have actually been able to sort of give the Rockets offense trouble?
0: Um, you know, the one, the one team that really uh, – when the Rockets have been full strength, which is to say James Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella in the lineup, they're thirty-four and one this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a stat that's been trotted out a lot, and the reason is because it's insane. But the one loss they had was to the Pelicans when uh, it was actually DeMarcus Cousins' last game of the season, right. and that was really. You could see in that moment, oh, this is a team that could really give the Rockets problem because they were so big, but also those two bigs were so versatile mm-hmm. that they could really wall off the paint. They could Davis can switch onto Harden and Paul and give them all kinds of problems. And then on the way back down, the Rockets couldn't go small uh, against them because they were just they would just get abused and they didn't have the big mid depth. Other than that, I haven't seen any team really successfully slow down the fully healthy Houston Rockets they haven't they've only lost that one game and all of those all the games they've had with those guys in there uh, when they've wanted to get buckets down the stretch they've been able to do it because what all they do was will run a pick-and-roll and uh, and have the Rockets player who has the weakest defender on the other team come set the screen the other team will inevitably switch and then either Harden or Chris Paul will go one-on-one and they are number one and number two in the NBA this year in isolation scoring And that's what happens, and that formula has been um, basically flawless all year long.
1: Yeah, Raptors fans are no stranger to that strategy, although it's done with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, who are excellent, but they're not James Harden and Chris Paul. Um, When you look at what the Raptors present, is there anything that they have in terms of their makeup, in terms of how they play, that you think could potentially sort of do something similar to what the Pelicans did in that game that you alluded to? Uh
0: I'm not sure. I mean, I know Valanciunas has been a lot better this year than he was in years past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I profess I haven't watched a ton of Raptors games, even though um, you know I'm a big fan of the way they play, Um, and I always root for their success just because you you love an underdog story. Um, But you know, Serge Ibaka is kind of the exact kind of player that the Rockets love to play against because even though he's a great uh, shop locker. He is not the most laterally quick guy. And on, on offense, you know, it, traditionally he's like to like to shoot a lot of mid-range shots and, you know, has not been a really traditional, uh, you know, a, a traditionally efficient big man. Mm-hmm. You know, the bench unit will be an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting challenge for the Rockets cause, just because I don't think they have faced a bench unit quite like that um, with all the energy and athleticism. There actually just aren't too many of those around in the league, which is, I think, why it's been so effective uh, for the Raptors. But it's it's as a Rockets fan um, and a Rockets writer, it's been really kind of you know this champagne problems, but it's been tough to write about this team because <laughs> they don't have any glaring weaknesses other than their health. Um, even their depth now has not has been completely short up. They have Joe Johnson, Gerald Green, Brandon Wright, Nene Hilar- Nene. N- uh, they have Anderson's been hurt for a while, but and he's not going to play tonight. But I mean. For any situation, they have a combination of players they can throw out that will give them an advantage over the other team. The
1: NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting test case, I think, for the bench tonight for the Raptors, and they're without DeLon Wright, which kind of eats into the effectiveness of that unit, and I guess it'll be Norman Powell or Malcolm Miller or someone who's taking up those minutes, or maybe this will be a situation where they decide to actually stagger the Stars and play Kyle at the start of the second quarter like they have in years past, but haven't quite done this year. Um, but like the big question for the bench all season has been, are they going to be able to sort of maintain this in the playoffs when you're playing tougher second units and, you know, Stars are on the court at all times, and the Rockets have 48 minutes of Hall of Point guard play on the, on the floor at all times, so I'm curious to see how that'll work. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it's to a lesser extent, but I also kind of agree. What teams are really good? It's hard to write about them, man. It's a, it's a really yeah. good problem to have, but it is—it's uh, definitely not as easy to sort of complain about stuff. Um, you know, the Rockets. I guess their whole season is going to be measured against the Warriors. It's kind of a similar situation with the Raptors and the Cavs in the East, um, and kind of everything leading up to it kind of feels trivial i don't know the rockets to me i, I guess the course of the se- over the course of the season it's felt like you know they're playing for second place and they're just so obviously second place and you know the warriors are still the warriors and they're going to be the warriors come a conference finals or whatever it is but has anything over the last 17 games started to make you think like this could, they could actually maybe do the thing in the western conference and like beat the warriors in a series
0: not these 17 games, but I think the two games that the Rockets beat the Warriors gave mm-hmm. me more confidence. The Rockets have won the season series against the Warriors already this year. They don't play again, um, and just the the culmination of the season to this point that 34 and one number that's the that's the confidence right there. Right. Is that when they've been healthy, there is not a team that currently exists that has beaten them. You know, right? If Cousins is out, the Pel- that, that Pelicans team is just different than mm-hmm. than, it, than it was before. So they're undefeated against teams currently in the NBA with their healthy team. So that is all the confidence you need. Do I think that, you know, it's a sure thing that the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors? Absolutely not. I still, if the Rockets played the Warriors in a seven-game series starting tomorrow, it was I would pick the Rockets because I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but I would not predict them to win. Uh, it, it, just because the Warriors have been there, uh, and when the Rockets, uh, and this, particularly James Harden and Chris Ball, have been there in the biggest moments, they've not played their best um they've never had a teammate like each other before uh and chris paul's numbers are down from his career averages but he's still averaging 19 points and eight assists a game they're combining for four steals a game uh they when they have you know played at played at the court at the same time they have played perfectly off of each other where depending on the matchup one will go uh you know one will go in isolation or the other um they've Mesh beautifully when one is on the court without the other. Um, so just the way that they played the uh, you know the season to this point and their record when they've been fully healthy, which you know knock on wood, their three most important pieces are healthy right now. We're as confident as we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's nothing that we can see from the rest of the season that's going to give us more confidence. Um, just they've continued to perform they conti- they've continued to win uh, in every situation including a uh, road back to back just earlier this week um, against the Thunder and then the Bucks, uh that they handled easily and these are two playoff teams they blew out the Spurs they blew out the, the Cavs uh, they blew out the Celtics or they came back from, from, uh, from uh, significant deficit, deficit to beat the Celtics this Raptors game tonight is really the biggest test that they have. Um, they, they don't play the Warriors again. The Raptors are, I think, the clear third-best team in the league. And the, Rock, the Rockets are on the road against the best home team in the NBA. So if the Rockets win tonight and win their 18th straight game, you know we, we're basically home free. There's nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to do. It's just how many games can we win, um, and how do you rest guys and make sure that they're fresh for the Western Conference Finals?
1: Yeah, I want to see the Rockets do it. I know some people don't like James Harden or Chris Paul. I was always a Chris Paul guy when he was with the Clippers, and I, the jokes about them not making it deep in the playoffs are kind of tired to me, uh, and they're really fun to watch. And I, I would like to see a little bit of a change and like some fresh blood. As much as I like sort of dynasties and stuff like that, the Warriors are uh, not quite as compelling to me as the Rockets are this year. And, you know, I, I can look at the Rockets' roster and see some distinct, dis- dis- like, real advantages, like... I mean, Steph Curry just sprained his ankle, so who knows what's going on there. But like, definitely, I would give the edge in terms of bench pieces and depth and sort of, uh, you know, for the first time in a while, I think the Warriors are kind of gun there when it comes to you know their, their biggest opposition. Like the Rockets are super deep, as you mentioned, with all the guys they added and just all the guys they had before even making those buyout pickups. Uh, they're uh, they're a super deep and interesting team and versatile, and they are, as you said off the top, like entirely geared towards beating the Warriors and. I wonder three years into being excellent, like how much does that weigh on a team? I know Kevin Durant kind of, you know, refreshed everything when he came back, came to the Bay last year, but I don't know. It's. I would have said at the start of the season, I'm 100% confident that the Warriors are going to the finals and going to win the title, but I'm less so now. Maybe it's like 65 70%, but the Rockets are making me think about it and maybe seeing them in person it will help uh, boost that number up as well. Um, what's the line for tonight? i got to pull that up. The, the, Ro- the Rockets are 2.5-point favorites. If you had to make a pick, Evan, or Ethan, why did I say Evan? I think I know an Evan Rothstein. That's why it's in my head. Uh, my apologies. Sorry, if you had to...
0: people call me Evan, the other half call me Ian <laughs>
1: <South> <laughs> No, if you had to pick uh, a winner tonight, two and a half points for the Rockets, uh, what are you taking for this game? How
0: do you pick against a team that's won 17 in a row? That's true, <laughs> yeah. <are> you, uh,
1: <laughs> I, like, you know, if, if, if you ask me... Is this the toughest game they have on the 17-game win streak so far? Then the answer is yes,
0: but I don't think they're going to lose. Um, yeah. They simply don't lose. Capella's <laughs> yeah. um, is in, uh, which is a huge, uh, which is a, uh, you know a huge boost. Even though he's a little nicked up, but they can go small in the nay. The nay should be healthy. Tarek Block should be healthy. Um, PJ Tucker is a great small ball five. So is Luke and Um I think the Rockets are going to win. I, they might not cover. I, you know, I, I really hope for a close game. The thing about the, the the one thing I can nitpick about the Rockets is that when the game, the when the gap grows in the fourth quarter, it has been kind of an unpleasant watch. Just because they they take their foot off the gas and they lean way too much into that ISO heavy ball, right. and they try to take shots at two or three seconds left of the shot clock to really you know work the clock and and work the math. But, you know, in that in those moments, it becomes kind of a slog and they lose their edge. Um, So I'm hoping for a a close game just because when those games have happened, they've been incredibly entertaining. They've moved the ball. Um, Guys like Ariza and Tucker have hit huge shots. Um, And, you know, most importantly, uh, they've locked down on defense to a degree that the Rockets have just not done since Jeff Van Gundy was coaching the team.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Rockets, too. Uh, Two and a half, not quite uh, big enough for me to want to take the Raptors to cover. Without OG, I mean, OG did such a great job on Harden in the first matchup, and I know the Raptors won that game, but there was no Chris Paul, no DeLon for the Raptors tonight either, and that takes away two of your better defenders to throw at both... Rockets guards. So the Raptors tend to get up for games like this. So I'm expecting a close one, and it should be a really fun one. And the ACC should be absolutely rocking. But uh, I'm going to take the Rockets in a close one, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Ethan, this Can was a lot of fun. Can I ask you a question? Yeah.
0: Before before we wrap up. Yeah. Where do you, as a rock, as a Raptors homer, where is DeMar DeRozan in the MVP rankings to you? <sighs>
1: this one is so hard because there's so many dudes who are like, quote unquote, in the conversation. That it gets uh, it gets hard. But he so, hasn't
0: even been mentioned in the top five votes, which to me is a crime.
1: I think he will get some top five votes. Um, I, I think there's so many guys who are going to get that fifth vote. I, I would say like right now it's probably Harden, Davis, probably Steph, I guess, or, or KD. One of those two. Maybe they cannibalize each other's votes. Uh, LeBron's still in there for me. And then it's like the next group of guys is like uh, I guess before Jimmy Butler got hurt, it was Butler. Um Dame Millard has been so good lately. Giannis, yeah, Giannis. DeMar, Like I, I think he's probably in that like five to eight range. And like that's more than the Raptors have ever had, so I'll take it. Um I think is like I would, I
0: would personally vote for him over over LeBron or or either of the Warriors guys. I just you know, as the season has gone on, it's just been clear that everything the Raptors do and have changed has worked because of him yeah. and his adaptability. Um and he's taking it to another level and it's just you know it it's time to reward him i think you know he's one of my favorite players to watch because it's really like watching a transport of like the best of 80s 90s basketball Hmm. make it work in the modern nba um and it's just kind of like a refresher as a as a longtime basketball fan that you know what like skill fundamentals footwork these are these are attributes that are that you know translate styles um that that just no matter what they're effective if used in the right way. Um, so I, I think he should be getting more love than he does, and it's I know why it's the same Raptors <laughs> Canada bias uh, as always. But um, I, I'm happy to come on your show and Kate for Kate for because I love his game.
1: The listeners are very happy that you just did that little bit of uh, Demar love, and I you know what you're you're not wrong. Like he's been incredible this season. He's like obviously the biggest reason. They've been so good. Um, I guess the defense still kind of weighs on people, and yeah, the Canada thing, but he plays more like he did on Wednesday against the Pistons, which thankfully was a national TV game, so everyone got to see that because it was awesome. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets up into that top three, four, five somewhere in there. Um, Ethan, you're a top three, four, or five guest in the history of this podcast, considering how ah, you finished well, this thank thing you out. Very much. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything and you'd like to plug?
0: always works.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have anything you want to plug?
0: Uh, no, just visit thedreamstick. dot We have lots of great stuff uh, on, on that website, um, and we'll have, we'll have coverage of the of tonight's game and you know our game thread. Our communities, uh, you know, very passionate, and very great. So, if, if Raptors fans want to you know want to ch- chime in in our game thread comments, uh, we're very happy to have all Eastern Conference fans. <laughs> <laughs> when Western Conference fans get in there, it gets a little prickly. But uh, Eastern Conference, we have nothing but love for the Eastern Conference. you are just. We would just be happy to be facing
1: an Eastern Conference themes in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, make sure you check out the Dream Shake. I'll be covering the game for Raptors HQ tonight, the SP Nation sister site to DreamShake as well. So, uh, yeah, comment on both sites and uh, g- give those clicks and all that stuff. Uh, Ethan, we'll talk to you in the finals, man. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thank you. Cheers.
0: Hey, Prime
1: members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.